is huge. I mean, it's like a man. It, it's big. Kane's okay, son. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. Just tell me one thing, Burke. You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study. Not to bring back. But to wipe them out. That's the plan. You have my word on it. All right, I'm in. Let's run! Look on my works, ye mighty, and despair. Welcome, everybody, to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. I'm Patrick, and I'm joined today by Christian Motzka. And we have a special guest today. We are interviewing Juliana Kurakawa, the voice of Maiko Hayes from Aliens Dark Descent. Juliana, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> we're very excited to have you here. We've been playing the crap out of this game. Actually, I mentioned to my friend Dan that you were coming on, and he was like, oh, that's great, because I beat it for the fourth time yesterday. So, you know, this game is very much a, a popular <laughs> thing in fandom. Uh, Christian and I have both played it and beaten it and enjoyed it. So we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today related to the game and your process and your background. But before we kind of get to all that, can you give us a little bit of a window into what Juliana Kurakawa's relationship is with the Alien franchise. Is this something you grew up with? Is this more of a recent thing? What's your relationship to Alien? I was familiar with the game, with the films when I was growing up because they're so iconic. I knew them, but I wasn't sure if I'd really seen them. And then we've got a great cinema called the Prince Charles Cinema um, in London, which plays a lot of old films and they'll play them on film. And they had a double bill. So I actually made a point of going to see it in the cinema quite a few years ago now, but as um, as an adult, because I realized that like my familiarity with it wasn't that deep. And it's so iconic. That was, yeah, Double Bill of Alien and Aliens. Um, and then working on the game has just allowed me to delve even deeper. And then, yeah, it's controversial, but I really love Alien 3. Oh, <laughs> you're in good company. <laughs> oh yes you're right it's controversial a lot of people don't but can you talk about that just for a minute yeah let's hear about some alien three love i just love the suspense and the way you're drawn in and yeah i don't know i mean it really i i just felt really taken in by it i think i felt i was pregnant with an alien that's how drawn in i was to the story um and also how creative he is with the camera work and it's yeah, it's dark and it's slow paced, which I think is something that I can really enjoy. It doesn't give you too much. And then the ending I just think is brilliant because it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, it feels like the film doesn't pander to the audience, which I like. So yeah. And I love Dylan. I think he's a badass. <laughs> it's bad that director didn't go on to do anything else. I know. It's such a shame. Yeah. Sad, sad times. <laughs> The, the look of Alien 3, 
even even when as a as a young person film itself upset the hell out of me with the death of uh hicks and newt the look of the film and the costuming and the sort of the 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 bleakness of it all really appealed as a visual poem i guess yeah and i think maybe also because i watched it when i was older i could really appreciate those things i think if i'd have seen it when i was younger probably could have been quite traumatic (laughs) Yeah, as somebody who saw it as an eight-year-old, uh, I can tell you it, it took a while to grow on me. But I have it is it is now sometimes depending on the day, my favorite of the entire franchise. And um, so it feels good to hear you say that. Thank you. Yeah, I, yeah, I get torn between that and Alien as to which is my favorite. Nice. Yeah, same here. How did Alien's Dark Descent come about for you? Uh, I auditioned for the part, um, and it was over Zoom because it was during the pandemic. And I was auditioned by Jason, who directs the game. And it was, yeah, very physical, actually, (laughs) because you're having to really embody the different actions that are happening, the environment, the scene. So it was actually incredibly fun to do because it really gave you that opportunity to play. And then I had a good feeling about it, but I do feel like auditions can be deceptive. Sometimes you think you've done incredibly and then you hear nothing. And other times you book it and you're like, oh, really? Okay, thank you. It was not my best work, but I appreciate this. But yeah, so when I got told that I got it, I was very excited because from what I'd seen of the script, yeah, it just felt like an homage to slightly older action films. So yeah, that was coming up to two years ago. And then we started, I started recording on it, uh, wow, yeah, like September, October, two years ago. And then it was come in for like a week and then we'd have, you know, maybe a couple of months off and then come back in and do some more. And every time you only get the script just before that recording session. So it was exciting for me. I don't know, it was like getting the latest novel from a series that you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? (laughs) And, um, you know, she had some pretty hard decisions to make at the beginning. So then also understanding what she's going to do with that and how that's going to affect her. And and she goes on a pretty big journey through it. So that was also amazing to be to be able to explore that. And then, yeah, we wrapped just before Christmas. And it was it was a bittersweet moment because I'd loved doing it so much. <laughs> I was kind of sad that the game was actually going to be coming out in a way (laughs) even though obviously we'd worked really hard on it so you do want it to come out but I was just having so much fun playing her um you you said something that Christian and I had wanted to ask you about uh with this process which is that Maiko has such a journey in this game and I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of the time the protagonist like the one that everybody's playing as doesn't get to be the one that has that journey a lot of the time it's the characters around the main character that does but in this one what I love is that like we are introduced to Maiko through this act that we then have to really wrestle with. Like, do we trust her? Do we we have to stick with her? Like, or is this something mm. we're going to be okay with? And of mm. course, and I, I want to say briefly for listeners, there will be spoilers in this conversation. So I'm letting you know now, um, you can wait until you finish the game for the fifth or sixth time, if you want, you know, before you come back. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the game starts with her activating the Cerberus protocol, which has huge ramifications for the rest of the game and comes back to mm. haunt them very directly in the end of it. So, uh, I, I, something that really strikes me as so interesting is you didn't even have the full, did you have the full story when you started or was it really everything was episodic? Did you know where it was headed when you started acting it? 
No, it was episodic. Totally episodic. So not just dialogue, but even the story itself, you didn't even know necessarily. Yeah. So how do you put a performance together like that without knowing necessarily where you're headed? I feel really blessed that the team were amazing. It was so collaborative and we had Jason in the studio with me. And then we also had like plugged in with us, some of the creatives and the writers and they just did a really beautiful job of like scene by scene going through and explaining exactly what their vision was, what was happening, what, you know, she was coming from, what she was feeling. I had a really detailed breakdown as well. So even from the offset going into the audition, I had a real clear idea of who Micah was and things that even if we've approached things differently, ways that I could understand her. And um, and so I think, yeah, it's just a credit to the people that I got to work with um, like Ano Tubo and Jason, who helped me understand that world so clearly. Um, and then every time, you know, we'd always look back on what we had done and yeah, they just held me throughout the whole time. So it's, it's them basically. So many times in the game, someone is yelling at you and you're having to react to that or, or calm somebody down. Were you recording with any of the other actors or was it just your performance? How does that work? It depends who gets in the studio first. So there were some scenes where I might be in first. And, but Jason also is an actor and has an acting background. So he's brilliant because then you would like run through the scenes with him and he would know exactly, you know, how to help creative get what they wanted and also how to get the performances he needed out of everybody so yeah sometimes it was just with him and then other times I would have had someone else come in first and then be able to feed off of their lines but yeah it's a funny process <laughs> but all those extended back and forths with Harper and things those those were mostly recorded just you against somebody else's like line reading or, or was this I guess a, a bigger question is were you doing this all in a you were in a studio this was not recorded yes. over zoom at all this was something where it was no in person, no right? we went into the studio yeah and it was in France Tindalos or no they okay. did they I think they did the mo uh, the mocap in oh, France okay I was in London and that's actually another question that we had uh, is in terms of motion capture. So Christian blew my mind uh, right before we started recording by letting me know that you did not do the, you were not the face model for, for, for no. Deputy Administrator Hayes, <laughs> which is crazy because you really do look and, and just move like her. Um, that was some somebody else. It was, it was She was a preformed character that you were just sort of born to play, it sounds like. Yeah, it was... Um... It was quite surreal. <laughs> Kimmy Heng did the motion capture for her and she's a great French actor. And um, yeah, but even I've had even friends who've seen my co <laughs> thought that it was me. So it's surreal. But yeah, she came with her face and I just happened to fit it very well. Was there ever the possibility of you using your natural accent? Because you have this beautiful, very posh British accent. But in the game, you sound like an American. Am I right about that? Yes. Uh, okay. Maiko is Japanese-American. So that was stated in the brief. So I guess that's, yeah, that's who she was when they created her. So there was never any discussion about her not being American. 
for whatever reason, British actors can do flawless American accents and American actors are incapable of doing British accents. Well, I think in your defense, though, we've been exposed to American accents a lot more and you had Dick Van Dyke. So, (laughs) you know, your ear isn't as um, familiar with us. So I think that's that's got a lot to do with it. But I really love it when people when the Americans do their attempt at a British accent. I find it very charming. I know that that's not all of my British friends, <laughs> but I do. My uh, my children have, you know, they, they live on memes because they're in their teens. And so there's all of this, you know, British, like they get this, this terrible accent. I'm like, shh, please don't do that. That's actually I somewhere- love it. I think <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, I just love accents in general. And I, I've had a good ear for them since I was a child. So I do enjoy learning new accents and obviously being respectful, but I, yeah, I just think they're beautiful. So in your opinion, where would Maiko have grown up to have the accent that she has? Ah, I think <laughs> um, I probably should know the answer to that. <laughs> this will be canon if you, if you say it out loud. So, you know, people listen to the show. I, I'm assuming Connecticut is your answer for this because that's <laughs> the best. Patrick story. lives in Connecticut. All right. right. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. So She's from Connecticut. Held it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, something in terms of uh, of accent work and things like that too. You do non voice work as well, like uh, mm-hmm. for example, The Witcher, peripheral, other roles. Mm-hmm. How does the process compare between doing like you know live action work in front of the camera and voice work? And do you have like a preference between the two styles? I think there's in some ways a freedom that's offered when you're working with voiceover work that I really enjoy because you can really break it down and take it line by line and really explore it. And then, you know, you piece it together almost like a collage. And I have a musical background as well. So being in the studio and working with sound is something that I really enjoy. Um, But at the same time, you know, when you're on set, like I love film. So seeing how all the parts come together always just makes me fall in love with the process even more. Um, I was filming something recently at New Boyana Studios, which is in Sofia. And they had these massive sets. Like there was the Roman set where they shot 300. And then you go through the lot and there are uh, these tiny, I guess, American houses. And they were shot like Hellboy there. And then you're going through and then there's St. Paul's um, Cathedral. And it just filled me with such a sense of like, giddy joy being there and like remembering that you know what we can make is so special and at the time because the strikes are on we were shooting a commercial that didn't affect that but the lot was empty so we got to look around and see everything whereas ordinarily everyone would be filming so you wouldn't be able to see any of it so that was a very special moment so there is a magic that comes from that process but then at the same time when we were working on this game because the team really talked me through so vividly what um, Maiko was experiencing and where she was and what was happening before and after. I felt like I was in an action film. It didn't feel, (laughs) um, it didn't feel that different in a way from being on set. And you're having to do, because you're having to convey so much in your voice, you are physically um, having to embody a lot of that. There was one day we finished early and they were like, do you want to be killed by a facehugger? And I was like, sure. <laughs> and the first time I did it, I just tried to recreate the sounds. And they were like, 
no, you're going to have to. So I was there in the booth with my hand covering my face, <laughs> attacking myself. But, you know, that's how what you have to do to to get the performance to where you need it to be. So I'm, I feel very blessed that I get to do both. You actually stole one of my questions because I was I was rewatching the beginning of the game. And when all of the face huggers come out of the vents and everyone's screaming in the background, I thought, well, that can't be canned. That's not like you didn't just buy those sounds. Someone had to do that. I wonder if the voice actors contributed to that. So so sure enough, if we were to yeah. listen close enough, we would hear you dying or, or being face hugged. Yeah, I can never pick myself out, but I tried. <laughs> yeah, that, it was cool because that was one of the scenes we got to see as the cinematics. So some of them, yeah, you know, you get the script and then you're recording line by line, even if it's within the scene. And then with other ones, you get to see the cinematics and then you're matching it with the performance. And that is always exciting, especially the first time when I actually got to see it, having been working on it for quite a few months. It well, Not that it doesn't feel real beforehand, but it makes it that much more real. Um, so yeah, it was very exciting. But yes, I am one of them. There's a, a beautiful quality to the game, to the art style. And I love how at the very beginning you start way out looking at the planet and you kind of come in and a little closer and you see the, the space station and it just gives that vastness of space and how fragile, you know, and then we don't even know at that point how, how deadly things are about to become. But I thought they did a wonderful job with that. Yeah, I think it's really beautiful. Have you played the game? I have tried. I um, do not play video games. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to as a kid, so I'm going to blame it on that. But I did get really excited when it came out and asked my friend if we could play. And so I went around to his um, and I was <laughs> really bad. <laughs> I just got overexcited and I kept running and the alien kept catching me really easily and I kept dying. So it took me a long time to die very quickly which was quite sad. <laughs> so I need to go around to his and have him play it so I can actually enjoy the game <laughs> as a game. I have to say, I died many times myself playing this game and I continue to, and uh, and it's oh it's God, genuinely hard. So, so much yeah, I don't think it's you. I think it's 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 the game itself, which I guess you were a part of. So, you know, but um, <laughs> can you talk a little bit about the vision uh, behind the game? Like when you first were brought on board the project, uh, you mentioned, you know, like the director having a really clear vision of where things were going. The, uh, and the reason I'm saying this is because I think when we f first saw the preview footage from it, a lot of people jumped to the idea of like, well, why are they doing like another Colonial Marines game? Why are they revisiting the same, you know, locations we've seen a million times? Like, how's this going to be different? Oh, there's sentry guns. Oh, what a surprise. And then what's so cool is that when the game came out, I think we all had this experience of like really falling in love with the unique vision that the game has and it doesn't feel duplicative at all so what were some of like the goals that the, that the development team had that you saw that they how they developed the art style the gameplay style etc what kind of things were they going for do you know I feel like just from my experience of it, it felt so reminiscent of Aliens and that's and like the 80s era approach to film that when we were working through it, that felt very clear to me. 
I think for me, obviously, because we were focused more on like micro story, that's what we were really dialed into. I think, yeah, I just think that's why it was so fun. And it's nice because it feels like that's what people have responded to um, really positively as well. And that storytelling within it, they just really cared. I think that's why it was such a lovely project to be involved with. Everyone was so invested and it was so collaborative. There weren't any egos or anything like that. It was just about in each session, just making the best thing that we could, getting the best recordings to tell the story in the best way, to explore Maiko's story in the best way. And then obviously with them going on to make the graphics as well as they could and and for everything to have that feel. The Alien films have a long history of um, strong female protagonists, and I'm so happy that Maiko joins that. She is a strong character who grapples with some really heavy stuff and comes out on top. There's just sort of, I, I fully expected her to go to her grave, never telling anyone that she was the one who set off the Cerberus protocol. And then she comes clean and tells him. So that was a huge surprise to me. Do you remember what that was like when you got that part of the script? Were you surprised that she actually came clean on it? Well, not really, because she's a very honorable person. And, you know, taking that honor and pride in your work and what's right, you know, to heart and to guide her through life. And so then, like, that's what makes it so interesting. But then she has to make these decisions that put that into question and then going through that. And then, you know, I think we can all blind ourselves to what we want to, to believe in the truth that we want. And so then when she's realizing that, oh, this company and price that she's invested so much in and, like, looked up to aren't what she had wanted them to be, these things are all, like, chipping away at her. But underneath it all is this like honor I think that drives her and so it it would feel out of character for her in my opinion to hide it even though it's obviously something really challenging to admit I think it's part of her bravery it's also like that acceptance and accountability for that even though it's obviously a horrendous thing she has done she did it because she thought it was the only thing that could be done the right thing that could be done in that moment and what i love is that up up until that moment i the the first time i played through the game still wasn't totally sure how to feel about what was happening like the game does a real and that that doesn't you don't get that you know uh, she doesn't reveal that to them until like quite a ways into the game so i love how the game does a very good job of pacing out these narrative points like it doesn't feel like it's too quick and too instant gratification you know because you really want to love Maiko by that point like she, she you've seen how she's an honorable person you've seen how she has been it's not her fault that she was in a, a bad company you know what I mean which is something else that we haven't really talked about too much but I feel like this came up a little bit we did kind of a deep dive into the plot on a previous episode and um virtually all of our experiences as alien fans with Wayland Dutani have been, you know, that it's just peopled by these really nefarious, you know, greedy, evil, you know, people. And then lately we've been seeing more glimpses. We saw this in the Marvel comics. We've seen it elsewhere in the RPG, that there are people within the company who maybe aren't necessarily complicit in the evil things, right? For every price that there is, there's probably also a Michael Hayes somewhere in the company. And um, and I, I really respect how the game allows that to exist in a world where the company is still doing evil things but it's not mm. exclusively evil people, right? Mm. Um, I also, just to something Christian was mentioning, something that we had all 
thought was was refreshing and really in keeping with the history of Alien is that Maiko is not reliant on anyone else to be saved or to be honorable or to be sexualized or to be in some sort of like a strange uncomfortable situation where she has to like be like the you know quote unquote the woman there's a really wonderful kind of strength of her character that feels very in keeping with the franchise to me and i'm wondering did you have any say in her like and just how she came together as a character in terms of her attributes or was that all pretty much something that was like how actively engaged in the development of michael hayes as a character were you I felt really included in the conversation. Like, even though, you know, we had the outline of like, this is her background, this is how she's got here. In order to tell the story that we wanted through her and and making sure we maintained that sense that, well, I think what's interesting is that when she has to make that big decision, she starts to realize her own flaws. And I think in that, from that is where you start to see her empathy growing for other people where she's, because in the past, you know, there's one thing to have honor, but can also distance you from a lot of people and things. And that had been an armor in a way, and in some ways protected her, but in other ways had also held her back. So that journey was really interesting. And so there was a lot of discussion around that to make sure that she wasn't just distant or cold or coming across that way, that those nuances and internal conflicts that were now arising um, were coming across um so yeah I felt really included and like I said because we had different uh, members of the creative team and the writers on the call there was always a conversation that could be had and it never felt like you know just say the line or anything like that so yeah it was really lovely I felt like uh, the game in a very organic way manages to put Maiko right where she needs to be to further the plot as well because there's a sense at one point that she's going to be the guy in the chair. She's the person on the ship, you know, looking at the screen, all that sort of thing. And so when that role evolves and she ends up in the Colonial Marine armor facing off against, you know, the unspeakable horror at the end of the game, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. It's It feels good narratively to have Maiko be there, but it also made sense with how the situation had unfolded. Mm. What What was the ending like for you? It, it's taking a big swing in in kind of staking a, a, a new path for the the mythology of the alien universe to have this creature. And I'm just curious if there was any discussion in the room with, you know, okay, you're looking at this thing and you have to react to it. Did they talk about it or what, what the, there's this, this gigantic alien facing off with you that is somehow ancient. Did they have anything to say about that that you remember? I'm not sure, but only because I'm not sure whether we recorded it as a cinematic. I mean, I'm I'm sure they would have done if oh. if the you know if the gravitas wasn't quite coming through. But I just remember when I saw it <laughs> having a very you know visceral reaction to it. <laughs> so I think that stands out more. I, yeah, I think it looks amazing at the end. So it was very impactful. So I'm not sure. It might have just been that that was enough because yeah i was pretty pretty blown away the most recent alien prequel film makes a claim that the aliens are actually quite young that it's a it's a very recent thing that michael fassbender's character had actually invented them and so i'm very much enjoying that this game this company is saying well actually no we're saying there's something ancient here that these aliens existed a long time ago 
And that's something else that I feel that fandom is responding to is it opens things, things back up and brings back uh, a, a larger cosmic view almost. Yeah. I w- yeah. I'd agree with that. It definitely adds a gravitas to it, but um, that's definitely terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> And again, it's it's not where you think this kind of game is going to go. Like, you don't think that this tactical squad game is going to push, you know, the canon in such interesting and, and brave directions, but it does. And I think that's part of exactly what you're saying is why people love it so much. So can you tell us just kind of as we come to, you know, towards the end here, what was your favorite part of recording this? Was there like a specific scene that really spoke to you? Was there something you were excited to record that day? What would you say was your favorite part? I think there's a few. Am I allowed to have a few? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Totally fine. Um, (laughs) I think definitely having to weigh up whether or not to set off the Cerberus protocol because that felt, I mean, especially the way they talked it through before with me, like I really felt the weight of that decision. And so that was really powerful. And then I think the first time seeing the cinematics and then working with them was really exciting. And I think it might have been the scene just before all the facehuggers come in and kill everyone. I think it was that one. Um, so it was really fun. And, and, you know, when she's like welding the doors, so I just have all these yeah memories of like being in the studio, like aggressively trying to weld the air. Yeah. So I think those two, and then I, yeah, the ending just cause it, feels very bittersweet and probably the ones that stick out the most the ending is pretty open-ended though would you come back for a sequel if they had another story that was as good oh fuck yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i would yeah I, I i mean it was bittersweet for me on a personal level rather than for michael more that just as i said earlier like that i knew that oh the sessions are coming to your end there wasn't going to be Oh, and in a couple of months or, you know, next month we get to come back in and do this all again and I get to find out what happens next. So, yeah, if there would be a sequel, that would be amazing because it it was just the best, yeah, adventure. I felt like it was in an action adventure film. So I loved it. And we're, we're living in an interesting time, too, with Noah Hawley is, is working on an alien television show. There's an alien film that just wrapped, but there's the potential that there could be more adventures for Juliana in the alien universe if... Not necessarily as this character even, but would you be interested in playing a live action role in the Eon universe? Oh yeah, definitely. I think it's such it's such an incredible franchise. And and like I said, like learning more about it from working within it and really, really seeing just how iconic and groundbreaking, you know, particularly those first films were and Sigourney's performance and being the first female action role model and how she broke so many stereotypes even in, in just like her humanity with the performance as well. And not even just, you know, that she was a woman, but being a woman, what does that bring to it? How does that change it? You know, it's amazing. So yeah, I just have a lot of respect for it. So, and it's fun. Definitely. 
and you're really good at it. I got to say, like at the end of the day, you did an amazing job with this video game. And and I just think that Maiko is, is an indelible part of this franchise now. And I love that. Like I want some merchandise from <laughs> Deputy <laughs> Administrator Maiko Hayes. Um, and you just really brought a fully embodied performance to this. And we're really grateful because as, as you know, a lot of the time with franchise work, people can kind of phone it in a little bit and take things for granted somewhat because people will buy it, you know, but this really feels like a love letter to alien fans. And, and to me, Michael Hayes is a huge part of that. So I, I just really want to thank you personally on behalf of, you know, alien fans around the world who love this game and love your performance. And also to say, please, if you do talk to the developers at any point, let them know that we do want another one. And it did set itself up really well for a sequel. So, you know, if it happens, you know, it, we would be very pleased with that. I will very gladly pass that on. And now it means a lot. Like we've, um, yeah, having seen some of the feedback, it's really, it's really touching that it's been received so well. Because, like I said, when we were making it, and I was only, you know, working with a microcosm of the whole team that made this game, but there was just so much love and care and attention invested into making it that I'm sure that that was across the board, you know, from what I saw of it. So it's, it means a lot that something that, you know, we put a lot of love into is being received so kindly. So thank you. That means a lot. Of course. And um, and just before I'll hand it over to Christian to, to bring us out in a moment. But before we do, speaking of putting a lot of love into things, I know from your social media that you do a lot more than, quote unquote, just voice acting and acting. You, you are like an awesome person. So I guess my question for you as we come out of this is where can people kind of stay up to date on Juliana Kurokawa's work, where we can find you, what you're going to be up to, your music projects? Um, where, where where should people look for to keep abreast of what you're up to? That's probably Instagram. I probably could be better at selling myself. But yeah, I'm, I have a very niche and specific band where we do ABBA covers in the style of Nico in the Velvet Underground. <laughs> and, That's so uh, awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll be recording, I think probably in October, and then hopefully doing some gigs after that. Exciting, working on a few other video games at the moment as well, which will be coming out. And yeah, it's it's hard to say with timelines, isn't it? Because especially with video games, they take so long to make it. I know that one game will be coming out in a year. (laughs) But yeah, so I guess Instagram probably is the best, which is just my name. Great. We'll be sure to put that in the show notes too. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been really fun. Oh, thank you so much for asking me. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing Dark Descent Part 2. Yes, it's coming out. (laughs) You heard it here first on Perfect Organism. Thank you, Juliana Kurokawa. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll be back in touch soon. Bye. To find out more information about Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast, please go to www.perfectorganism.com. If you would like to support the show, please go to www.perfectorganism.com forward slash support. Thank you.